When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, we've got a great talk coming up with the two gentlemen that have created the 3D printed surfboard. But first, let me tell you about the California Gold Surf Auction. It has a loosely fitting theme of free ride. That wonderful era of surfing on the North Shore of Oahu from 1975 to 1977. We have boards from that era, of course, but also plenty of boards from all eras and generations, including letters, personal letters from Duke Kahanamoku to his wife Nadine, a gorgeous Bob Simmons from the late 1940s, a late 50s Pat Curran, brilliant Bings, Knowles, Gordy's, Hobies, Hansons, and other boards from the 60s, lightning bolts by BK, Barry Kaniapuni, and freeride North Shore shaping icons Dick Brewer, Mike Diffender for Tom Parrish and Jerry Lopez. Modern classics by Pat Curran, Rennie Yater, Greg Nolan, many other boards and ephemera, all vetted and curated. Pristine boards with prime pedigrees and deep provenance. That's what the California Gold Surf Auction is known for. Overall, roughly 66 incredible lots on the auction block, many with no reserve. Bidding on the auction lots begins October 1st, Saturday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and the lots begin closing consecutively every two minutes beginning October 15th, Saturday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We expect the catalog to be available for full preview beginning in late September. You can sign up for our newsletter and get sneak peeks beginning right away. Newsletter sign-up can be found at TheVintageSurfAuctions.com. That's plural. TheVintageSurfAuctions.com or simply Google California Gold Surf Auction. You can go there now, register, bid, and win. Or download the app using the App Store California Gold Surf Auctions. The Boardroom International Surfboard Show presented by U.S. Blanks. The Surfboard Industry Trade Show open to the public. Tickets are on sale now. And we've got something special, Room to Roam. The International Adventure Travel Company is giving away a trip to Nicaragua. If you buy tickets to the boardroom show online, you will automatically be entered to win. A super cool Room to Roam adventure to Nicaragua. But not just one entry. When you buy a ticket to the boardroom show online... You are entered twice to win this adventure to Nicaragua, courtesy of Room to Rome. The Boardroom International Surfboard Show, presented by U.S. Blanks. All the fun begins October 8th, continues October 9th, an entire weekend of surfboards galore. For more info, go to boardroomshow.com, boardroomshow.com, buy tickets now. Deeply concerned with preserving the environment, 
Leo Bouffier and Sylvain Fleury, two passionate surfers and engineers, along with some other friends, created their brand Hexa Surfboard in September of 2018 in order to push performance both in the water and within the environment. But this isn't just another eco surfboard, so to speak. This is a 3D printed surfboard made out of sugarcane-based plastics. Very intriguing stuff. On this episode of the Boardroom Podcast, Sylvain and Leo of Hexa Surfboards. Let us begin. Okay, good morning. Welcome to the Boardroom Podcast. Um, I think on my right is either Leo or Sylvain. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm Leo and, and that's I'm Sylvain. <laughs> okay, so yeah, Leo and Sylvain. Okay, yeah, great to meet you guys. Thanks for being on. I'm excited to learn about what you guys are up to because it's, it's all new to me. And for the listeners, let me tell them that um, Leo and Sylvain are the two figureheads behind Hexa Surfboards, which is a 3D surfboard manufacturing company. Um, first, tell me a little bit about each of you guys. Um, Leo, I'll start with you. Um, whereabouts in the country are you now? Where did you, where, you know, where's your location and where did you go to school? And give me a, like a little bit of about yourself. Yeah, sure. So I'm from Bretagne. It's like the northwest of France, like the West, the West Peninsula. Mm-hmm. Um, much colder water than Biarritz, for sure. Um, grew up there, went to school there, learned to surf there as well. Um, was like way less people there than in the southwest, for sure. And I moved uh, down to Anglet two years ago to work with wife or Isa. Um, and yeah, been there since then and started working with the team like at the beginning of the project. And yeah, been surfing for quite some time now. So happy to try to build the future of surfing with wife. Cool. And what about you, Sylvain? What about you? So, yeah, I'm Sylvain. Uh, my whole fa- family is from uh, Brittany, the same land as uh, Leo, but I grew up in south of France, uh, next to the uh, Mediterranean Sea. So uh, there are fewer waves over there, so I used to go uh, surfing uh, to the southwest of France, uh, Biarritz and Osegore, and, uh, and I decided um, to move there uh, to launch my company. And I did some uh, um, engineering school in uh, Lyon, which is more like uh, inland of France. So uh, I was missing surfing a lot, but uh, did practice a lot of uh, skiing over there next to the Alps. Oh, cool. <laughs> Very good. Now, let me ask you this. Have either of you surfed at a at a little town called Douarnenez, which is in Brest. Yeah, Douarnenez, yeah, it's a pretty good spot for winter, especially yeah. it's like proper point breaks there when it's like very big swell hitting. Um, yeah. But yeah, for sure, <laughs> surf there quite some time. Yeah, I've actually surfed there, which is why I brought that up. I've randomly caught a wave there. Um, but back to you guys. So tell me about Hexa Surfboards. You guys are engineers. Um, Tell the listeners, what is Hexa Surfboards? We're excited to learn about Hexa because it's a new thing for us here. <laughs> so, yeah, Hexa Surfboard, um, 
is the product we make at uh, our company called Wive. And so the EXA server, the, so our company is, um, uh, is, has been created to uh, push the boundaries of uh, surfboard performance. And when I say performance, I mean like uh, uh, surfing performance, but also environmental performance. And um, the EXA surfboard is our main product. So it's uh, completely, completely new technology uh, to make surfboards. So the core of the surfboard is uh, 3D printed from um, a, a bioplastic made, after, made uh, out of um, sugar cane, which is uh, between a hard plastic and a foamy plastic, foaming plastic. And um, we have a kind of a hollow core and hollow structure uh, that enables to control the uh, mechanical parameters of the surfboard. And... Uh, that also make it more resistant to impact. So we, we make surfboard um, with a different um, parameters of uh, flex uh, and uh, torsion, and also with a longer life cycle. Okay, so bear with me here, because I, I just need to, I'm a little slow, so I need to get caught up to speed here. So you guys are making a 3D printed surfboard it's made yeah. out of a sugarcane plastic. Did I catch that right? A sugarcane, exactly. so a bioplastic, yeah. and it's 3D cut. It's got a hollow, it's inside, it's, there's nothing there. It's just a hollow shell, right, out of the 3D. Mm -hmm. And so when, my first question is, when you put this, when you cut out a surfboard on your machine, and I imagine you have an incredible 3D machine, you take like a, like a rectangular piece of plastic and attach it to, and, and then you step back and turn the machine on and away it goes. <laughs> now that, that's a, a good question. So it's um, really 3D printing. So 3D printing is a method of uh, additive manufacturing. So the, the, at the beginning, it's just um, a spill of, uh, a spool, sorry, of uh, 3D printing filament. It's a small filament. And then we add the materials layer by, la by layer to make the, the core of the surfboard. So it's really different than uh, cutting a foam blank. It's just you create, uh, you create a, a surfboard core from uh, nothing, like from a spool of uh, filament. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> so you, you're adding to instead of taking away from. Exactly. Oh, that's fascinating. And if you have nothing there to start with, like how do you start the first filament? Like what's, what's in the area to start the first bit of filament? There must be one fiber or something. Oh, it's a, it's a plate. So um, it's a 3D printing plate, plate that is uh, heating. And uh, then you, you just um, put the, the first layer on the plate and then the, the plate goes down for like half a millimeter and mm -hmm. you, you do the second layer and uh, then layer by layer, you, you end up with a 3D printed core, uh, which right. is the size of a, of a surfboard. And, and because like the, yeah. the main deck, sorry, because the main deck is flat, we're like printing a support underneath that we can remove like to make all the rocker and the concaves and the fin boxes and everything. So after like, so the, you can, you have, yeah, go ahead. You're the expert. Yeah, you imagine like a deck and then like just a spool 
and then the spool goes into the machine that like a small um, machine like uh, just like melts the filament and just goes layer by layer starting with the like support what we call like the thing underneath the board and then we can remove afterwards like to give the rocker and the concaves and the fin boxes and everything so is so to do the rocker layer like you're suggesting and the um is that a separate process than the initial process of putting the creating the blank not not really because the the rocker is designed um on the computer everything is designed on the computer and um yeah it's just at the end on the of the printing you take the piece and remove uh like the the support which is underneath the the rocker and in like 10 seconds you just remove it and uh, the the rocker is ready oh cool okay very cool wow it sounds fascinating um do you have any are i've never i'm sure there's like millions of youtube videos of 3d products being created so i should probably just go watch that and i would see kind of what you guys do correct <laughs> right Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can send you some videos as well. <laughs> that would be cool. Do you guys have some YouTube videos of your boards being made? Yeah, yeah. definitely. We have like some videos of the boards being three uh, printing, being glassed, being surfed, being yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. So we can send you the cool. YouTube. Cool. Yeah. cool. Yeah, I'd like to see those. And um, so the board is, as you say, it's hollow, right? It's got a shell, right? Made out of this sugar cane plastic um and so obviously that's quite different than what you know most of us are used to with a polyurethane foam blank and resin and fiberglass and a stringer so this the big question is not the big question but one of the questions is how do your boards compare to uh for lack of a better phrase i'll say contemporary surfboards um relative to flex and just their performance in the water like how does it how do they compare what is your own personal feeling on this yeah it's a very good question that's uh, one of the main questions we get i guess um so yeah in terms of uh, flex we are in between uh, pu glass with polyester and uh, eps glass with epoxy um so it's still like easily surfable in like very windy and choppy conditions uh, in terms of weight, we are the same as like a normal PU polyester, uh, not like glass strong or glass light, just normal one. Um, but we are still working a lot in research and development to like try to characterize and uh, control all these parameters, like the flex, the torsion, the mass repartition, um, the, yeah. And yeah, to, we can play with the design to play on the flex. Um, but like the board we sell, the boards we sell today are like in between EPS and PU. Um, but we, we are working like to be able to produce basically whatever flex we want and stuff. Yeah, because it's um, additive manufacturing, so we can put uh, materials wherever we want. Like we can put um, more materials underneath the, the front foot, uh, for example, uh, less fewer materials on the nose, for example, and we so we can have um, uh, like uh, different flex even like inside the board. Uh, all along the board and are you guys using a like a standard um shaping software like aku or one of the others yeah we, we are using a shape 3d uh -huh. so we basically we have like a shapers in-house uh, they're like designing the shapes on shape 3d like any shaper would do 
um, and then that shape goes into a, a 3D um, parametrical design software, software sorry, um, to make all the hexagons and stuff to prepare it for the printing, and then goes into printing. Um, and when, once it's printed, uh, we don't have to like work on the shape. Like we are doing like the, the edges and stuff during the glass, obviously, um, but we aren't like uh, sending the shape after the printing. Mm -hmm. So um, it comes out 100% ready to go as far as yeah. fine-tuned. Yeah, exactly, which is super interesting because we are able to like replicate any shape like with the exact same shape. It's not like if you, if you have a magic board, uh, many people like are struggling to get that magic board back because like a lot of like handwork and it's very hard to like get the same, um, mm -hmm. which is much easier with 3D printing because it's like super precise. And that allows us as well to like um, have like a mass production of custom boards as well. And how many, how many shapers, like how did you come up with your first board? Did you bring in like a famous shaper and say, Hey, let's, you know, show me, let's do board. Like, like how did the first board come about? And the very first board was printed, I think uh, three years ago. Um, so we, we use like the 3d printer of the engineer school um, yeah, the first shape. So we have like um, two shapers in our house that were like shaping PU boards and EPS board before. Um, mm -hmm. So they all used to shape. Um, so yeah, it was like some standard, I think it was a standard performance short yeah, board. The, yeah, their, their main uh, performance board, uh, the, more, the most... Uh, Classical three you know, things. <laughs> yeah, 27 liters, uh, very, very classical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so the very first board that came out... Um, was it done at the engineering school? Yeah, well, it was like, uh, yeah, on the incubator of engineering school. Yeah. And so were, were you guys must have been very excited. And I imagine the professors and everybody at the school were pretty excited. Yeah, 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 definitely. And uh, we were just uh, like uh, at the beginning uh, taking pictures and uh, just uh, couldn't wait to go to the water with the with the board. And it was Definitely surfable and definitely uh, not as good as our uh, that the board uh, we make today, but it was a uh, pretty cool for for a first prototype. And what was the first prototype like? Why has it changed? Like, what was what were some of the um, you know the misgivings or the downfalls to the first design relative to what you're putting out now? It was extremely heavy com compared to the. Um, first uh, first board it was not the same material so um yeah not it was uh, um, less flexible and uh, really heavier was i think something like uh, 4.5 kilograms um so <laughs> extremely extremely heavy because yeah that's the challenge of uh, 3d printing with this um uh materials is, which is a kind of uh, melted plastic and then we moved to another material which changed the the core design of the board um yeah to make it lighter and keep the the resistance of the board so it sounds like that was actually a more exciting moment for you guys when you could find a material this sugar-based plastic that would produce a lighter surfboard for yeah. you hmm. yeah of course um, well, how light are the boards now? What kind of weights do we come out with? 
Yeah, like for, for an equivalent volume would be the same weight as a PU, like normal board glass, like four, 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 like for double layer on the deck and one layer on the, on the bottom. Um, so yeah, no, normal weight. And we, we can still play on the weight by like how we print the board. Um, so we can like, we are working on some different project, but for example, for a gun that needs to be much um, heavier, um, we can like play with the design and the way we print it to make it as heavy as we want. And same for like uh, AI guys that want like some super light balls. We can play on yeah, the weight by make, make, making them super light. And can you do something like, for instance, with big wave guns, as you mentioned, big wave guns, a lot of times guys are looking for a lot of weight up in the nose to get them down the wave face when the wind's blowing up. Yeah. Can you guys create a thing where, for instance, and I'm just throwing out an example here, but if, if I wanted, say, a 15-pound board, could I have 10 pounds up in the nose and the rest of the board be five pounds? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, like, it is definitely, definitely sorry, possible. Um, we could just put more materials and like, yeah, put more materials in the front, have like tighter hexagons, for example, and less in the, in the back. And yeah, definitely. Yeah. Possible. That's the main difference from a, a foam blank, which a foam blank is like homogeneous. It's the same material everywhere. Um, in our structure, we can put material wherever we want. Wow. And do, do, does that create a weak spot? I guess my next question is two parts. Answer me this. Do you guys do like traditional fiberglass and resin lamination? And if you create, you know, certain strengths or certain weights in certain different parts of the boards, is there a weak spot in the board somewhere? Yeah, so that that's what like, that will do, uh, different design, like depending on where you put your feet, for example. So we are we are having like um, tighter hexagons under your feet, obviously for you to have like more strength um, under your feet, or if you launch air or whatever. Um, and yeah, the way we glass our board, so we are still using fiberglass um, and epoxy resin. It's like a fifty percent bio-based epoxy resin. Um, we, like it's like a different process, obviously, because we are glassing on nothing. Um, but yeah, still using, still, we ha still have like that uh, handwork of glassing after the printing. And do you have to, do you have to, I'm sorry, go, go ahead, Sylvain. Oh uh, yeah, I, I was saying just the, the fiberglass is not the, exactly the same fiberglass uh, um, as a traditional surfboard. It's a fiberglass more that, uh, that is used in boats. So uh, it has a, like, a, it's more resistant. Uh, so yeah there's not really weak points uh we can like uh, for the last uh, nine months of uh the board released there's there was no board uh that was broken so that's <laughs> something we are pretty proud of um and yeah the the materials inside is like between a strong plastic and between and foam so uh, it's definitely more resistant to impact. Uh, actually, we did some bench test and it's um, three times more resistant uh, when you just uh, throw a mass on it. Wow. That's, there's so many questions that come up from all of this, you know. Um, I guess, um, do you have to prepare the board after it comes out of your 3d printing machine for the lamination like do you have to sand the deck so that you get um adhesion 
Yeah, we, we are like uh, cleaning the skeleton uh, before glassing it. So we are basically just uh, uh, pulling out the support and uh, sanding the whole structure, yeah. So it needs to be sanded. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's very, very it's nothing. quick. It's, it's not even like a post-CNC sanding. It's even less. It's just like cleaning the skeleton, you know? Okay. And this, this fiberglass that you mentioned, it's marine. It's a marine fiberglass. So it's a, it sounds like it's a heavier weave. No, it's the same uh, density, but it's just uh, yeah different uh, uh, kind of mesh inside. And you, earlier, you guys mentioned that um, you're looking for surfboard performance in the water, but also in the environment. And it mm -hmm. sounds like um, you guys are searching for something on the top layer, the fiberglass and the resin that pushes the boundaries of environmental performance. Is that right? And if so, what are you guys looking at in that regards? Yeah, so like the, the main aspect of like the environmental performance, like the, that, the fact that we replace the foam blank by that structure is made of uh, sugarcane. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, then using like uh, the bio-based, uh, the bioresin. Um, but yeah, well, we are still like looking in our research and development program on like the different materials we can use and stuff. And the main aspect as well for like the durability is like how long your board is going to last. Because basically like a normal performance board um, would like have its uh, performances decreasing after like a few years, right? With like pressure things and everything. Um, so the goal is to make like, to make the board with greener materials. So like the plastic we use and the resin we use um, that lasts longer. So yeah, if you have like the strongest board possible, it's obviously more durable. Yeah, I, I would suggest to you that a, a performance, and you guys probably uh, would agree to this, a, performance, a contemporary performance surfboard, especially in the beach breaks of France, are only going to last for about six months before I'm looking at a bunch of dents, probably some delamination, and the flex pattern may have been spent. We may have dampened it because we just surfed the crap out of it. Um, yeah. Is that something that you guys have overcome? Like, do you guys have delamination in your surfboards? And do you, does your flex pattern get weakened over a series of months? Yeah, that's a, a good question. And that's one of the, the first points we are working on is really the durability. And even if you do a lot of errors with your board um, and the, yeah, strong point is that uh, it's uh, hollow, so it's air inside the board. So um, when you, for example, you do a big air and uh, you just uh, push hard on the board, the difference between uh, our board and a traditional one is that um, traditional board uh, is made out of foam inside. So uh, the foam is going to be like just stuck down and... Uh, and you're going to have a, just a pressure ding. Yeah, pressure ding. Uh, in our board, there is no pressure ding. It's just the, the fiber just uh, come back to its uh, normal way. So, yeah, recently we, we had a board uh, with like more than 40 airs and uh, it's, the deck is like a new board. So yeah. uh, it's, it remains the same, the same shape on the, on the deck. So there's no, no delamination. And, yeah, we want to walk... We, we, we work really hard on making your board last a very long time. That's why we created the company at the beginning. It was just a, 
after breaking uh, two boards in three months, <laughs> paying like uh, 800 euros, which is $800 for a board. <laughs> it's uh, too bad to, to break it after like one month. Well, that brings me to a couple of questions. One is, what's the price point on the surfboard? Like if I go into a shop in, in Biarritz or wherever, how much for a board in U.S. dollars? Um, yeah, so I, I'm not sure about the U.S. euro conversions these days. Yeah. <laughs> it's one one, um, yeah. <laughs> but like a board would be between uh, 700 and uh, 900 euros. Uh, so like the price of a good board, depending on the shape, from performance short board to mid limbs and stuff. Um, and you mentioned the shops as well, uh, which is like which uh, takes me to like talking about it. Um, we we chose to like we are working with some shops now on the coast, especially like, with board riders. Um, but yeah, we we chose like a direct to consumer model, so we are basically selling uh, most of our board directly on the website. Yeah, and was it direct to consumer because I imagine you got a little bit of pushback from sort of the salty kind of old school board builder types, especially there. I know there's a bunch of them right there where you guys are at. Um, were, was there and is there pushback from these guys? Um, yeah, so like to answer the first question, uh, we, we didn't choose like uh, direct to consumer for that. It was more like to keep the custom thing um, like, with, like for the customer, like being able to like customize every single board and stuff. Um, and yeah, our first first micro micro factory was in between like two famous shapers in the Basque Country, um, and no, it was like super welcoming. They helped us as well um, on some stuff. So yeah, we, we were quite afraid at the beginning, and uh, yeah, because it it uh, yeah it can be seem like this on the outside, but yeah, they they were welcoming, like very happy that uh, some guys are trying to change the. Yeah, the, the technology of uh, manufacturing servos. So, yeah, pretty pretty helpful guys. I think there will always be some guys talking <laughs> about us, but uh, yeah, it was yeah. more well more welcoming that we we could have thought. <laughs> well, it could be it could be argued that the the first pushback on the idea of software creating surfboards already occurred about ten years ago. And so you guys yeah. kind of came in at a really good time where it's like everyone's already accepted the computer as a part of the process. And this is sort of just, you know, another way to use the computer. So maybe there wasn't as much. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, uh, you, yeah, we, we use the same software as traditional shaper for, for the, the first step of our process. So, yeah, <laughs> I think you, you cannot... Uh, criticize on using software and and can i ask and i don't want to put you on the spot but who are these uh shapers in france that were accepting and were kind enough to to be open-minded the two shapers are working with us you mean yeah um, no, the, the guy uh, oh yeah the, 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 sorry the guy that were next to us at the beginning yeah yes, uh, yeah yes. uh, it's eric rouget uh, and Marvel. yeah okay. there are some uh, Local shapers, uh, yeah, well known for guns and uh, long boards. Okay, cool, very cool. So, um, how about uh, fins? Like the does the three D machine spit out the board with the fins routed out, so you just put the plugs in? 
Yeah, exactly. So like we are printing the whole structure around the plug and then we just like stick the plug like any shaper would do uh, with the hole in the fold link. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the hole is already there. So you just put your FCS or futures. Uh, we are like fin plug agnostic. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. you want. Okay, cool. And color, I guess the next question for me is if I'm designing, I'm thinking about it like, okay, I want to make a custom board here. Um, color, how do I do color? Just put it in the resin just like everybody else? Yeah, exactly. So we can do like tinted resin uh, job, just like any shaper. Um, uh, we can like paint the, the rails as well. We can do some swirls, just like any shaper would do, like putting some pigments in the resin or like a spray job. But the, the difference is that uh, we can keep the, like, the transparency of the board while putting some, uh, some colors. So we have some... You, you can check on our Instagram. We also kind of a translucent blue surfboard. That's possible. What is the, when the material comes out of the machine, when the board is finished out of the machine, what is the color of that plastic? Uh, it's white. White. Yeah. Okay, cool. Interesting. Um, how long does it take to cut a board on a machine? Um, yeah, it would, it would take between like 20 and 50 hours, depending on the shape. Um, and all our machines are running 24-7. So one board takes, did you say 20 hours? In yeah, between yeah, yeah. 20 and 50, yeah. <laughs> so we wow. have a lot of machines. <laughs> wow, that's a long time, right? Um, yeah, because it's, you know, it's like creating a foam blank from scratch. Like, I got so you. it's not creating a yeah. foam blank. So it's um, like one step before the traditional right. shaper. So, yeah, we just uh, invest in a lot of machines working in parallel. So 20 hours for a short board, 50 hours for a big long board, it sounds like. And, um, and so that, there must be a lot of energy cost, right, for, on your guys' end. Like you're spinning machines 24-7. Yeah, not, not really because the, the machine, it, which is uh, like – uh, putting the the materials is like quite of a low tech. It's just a, a heating um, head that is putting materials uh, with like really small motors um, with right. a really slow displacement. So no, it's like when it's working, it's definitely like a, a like a hair dryer. A, so like a hair dryer or something. Like the motor of a hair dryer. No, it's even less than that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. It's interesting. Uh, yeah. I'm, like I'm, yeah. No, go ahead, Sylvain. Yeah, it's just the conception is like half a heater, you know, that you use in a, uh, yeah, in a, in a small uh, room. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's half of this. Yeah. Wow, okay. Um, so... What has the feedback been like from other surfers that, that maybe aren't as, um, what's the objective feedback been like? Um, yeah, so we, we are running like many test sessions um, for people to try the board from beginners to uh, pro surfers or almost pro surfers. Um, yeah, like so the, the buoyancy of our board um, is like, it's supposed to be the same, but people always felt it was better. Uh, so like a better wave entry and better paddling. That was the main feedback for sure since we started. Um, 
don't know if it's a bias because like they see air inside or something, <laughs> but um, but yeah, that was one of the main feedback. Otherwise, like um, sur- surfing wise, when you're on the wave, um, it will be the, the same feeling um, as like a normal uh, normal like your your normal boat. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it sounds like the European surf market is pretty open to this this design. Are you guys selling a lot of boards, or are there a lot of boards in the water? Uh, yeah, we sold like uh, around four hundred boards um, since we started, and keeps on increasing. Obviously, um, yeah. Now we booked till uh, early twenty twenty three with our pre orders, um, and yeah, it's like. I guess it's working pretty well in the market. Um, we are delivering all over Europe for now. Um, we have like a lot of uh, demand um, uh, around the world. Um, yeah, and from the US. Yeah, yeah. from the US as well. <laughs> a lot of people sending us messages uh, from from the US. So we hope we can uh, deliver uh, our first batch pretty soon. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, look, we should also tell everyone that you guys are going to be at the Boardroom International Surfport Show here in October. You guys have have yeah. a booth. So people are going to be able to yeah. come and meet you guys and see the boards. And um, it's going to be, I'm excited about it because <laughs> it's, it's, it's a new thing for, for at least for me. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, head to California for about a month. Um, so for the um, for the boardroom show and for other events, uh, we're gonna come over with like two full board bags. So yeah, it's yeah. gonna be fun to meet everyone at the boardroom early October. Yeah, and, and we can do some uh, private test se- sessions as well with the uh, people that are really interested. Oh, cool! Very good. And the, I guess from a business standpoint, I say to myself these guys are making boards that are very, very strong, almost indestructible, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you concerned that you're going to make a board that's too good and there won't be any <laughs> demand? You know, like I've already got my hexa. I'm good for five years. You know what I mean? No, that's a, yeah, that's a pretty good question. And, um, 
for us that that opens um pretty good opportunity for the second hand market or for even like refurbishing of a surfboard for example you buy a surfboard you keep it like for three years and uh, then you want another one you want to change the the shape you want to i don't know buy a long fish uh for san diego and um uh you can just uh, in the long term you, you we imagine that you can like give give your board back uh and have a like a pretty good discount on the on the next board and uh, we can just refurbish the board and uh, sell it second hand and i think uh, that could be a great opportunity to be on a like wider um um like a customer segment because sometimes some people when you are students or whatever you don't want to pay like seven dollars for a board so you can have a refurbished one that works pretty well for like 350 and uh, and yes yeah, so i think um it's just uh it's gonna last longer but uh it's gonna create more opportunity to uh, have people more people uh enjoying our boards all right sounds like you've done an investor pitch before that sounds <laughs> <laughs> Um, let me ask you this. What happens if I ding my board? I imagine that I can ding my board. How do I fix my board if there's a, a ding? Uh, yeah, so because we use like fiberglass and resin, if you like ding the, the outside of your board, you can basically fix it like any other board. Like if you're on a trip, you can use like solar res or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and any shaper can fix it as well. Um, we are like, we have a tutorial for shapers that we can send. Um, if someone's struggling fixing or something. Uh, but yeah, the goal was to, on top of making it uh, much stronger, was to make it easy to fix. Um, so yeah, same way to fix it. Um, if you, yeah. And so because it's air inside, oh, we haven't talked about it, but because it's air inside, um, um, we have a valve on the tail, so a pressure valve. It's not like the um, old board, like Solomon was doing the escort, you know, you had to like open the valve to let the air out. Mm -hmm. um, I was uh, just like a, um, a membrane that lets the air go in and out um, so that you can like let let your board in oh, it's not recommended obviously but in your car or something without it like blowing up um, and yeah we but, can yeah. yeah you can you can open this vent if, if there's like a water inside you can uh, open this this vent and <laughs> and but, uh, drill out the water if you want uh, and uh, and that's a pretty good point because when you do a ding on your traditional board, the foam is uh, soaking water. Yeah, it's just soaking water. And uh, um, yeah, in our board, the, the, the material we use from sugarcane is not, um, is, is not absorbing uh, water. So you just yeah. fill out the water and uh, put back the, the vent, do your small repair, and you are ready to go. Is there any proprietary manufacturing process that are trade secrets for you guys that you don't want to let out? Or is this something anybody listening to this podcast that has experience with 3D can just go, oh, great. Thanks for telling me all this and start up a company. Yeah, yeah, there, there is. We have um, a patent on, uh, on the technology because, yeah, uh, as as uh, I, I told you uh, in the story, like if you want to start making surfboard, like 3D printed surfboard, 
it's gonna be way too heavy and so there's all this uh, uh, mechanical optimization to make it light enough that's the first part and the second part is uh, a question we always have some for from shapers is uh, about the the glassing on the on top of the structure which is hollow so it's uh, yeah uh, uh, in-house process um that is a uh, uh, yeah, that has a patent on it as well. So that's the secret. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad you have a patent. That's a smart, smart move. Um, tell me about how the how the company got started because I, I was reading a little bit about you and it looks like in 2019, Eurosema gave you some money to kind of help a little bit. So how did you guys all meet up and go, hey, you know, like I'm sure you guys had a beer after a session. And you're like, we got to do this or we got to do that. How did the formation of the company and you two guys meeting, how did that happen? Yeah, that happened um, with, uh, yeah, uh, as a, uh, with um, just us surfing and uh, breaking boards, like breaking two boards in three months. Uh, for Leo, but another Leo, another uh, guy that is working with us, and we we just thought, okay, that's not possible. We gotta make a stronger board, and uh, we had another friend working on three uh, D printing at this time, um, in in your country, in Berkeley University, and when he came came back to France, he just said, uh, okay, look, guys, maybe we can make stronger boards. Uh, um with uh, 3d printing and i was working in um environmental uh, uh, consulting so i was like but guys is this uh, better for the environment and and then we dig into it it and so we could use uh, plenty of materials and bio-based materials so we tried and uh just uh we said okay let's let's make some prototypes and see if people like it so we we made we made a first prototype we did some uh, instagram photos and uh and uh yeah had a lot of interest from surfers um like kind of small uh, press articles and then we we went further eurosima backed us at the beginning and and so we could go further make more prototypes and then we said okay let's see if uh, some people want to buy some surfboards so we just uh, opened a kind of a really small pre-order batch um with uh, from for people following us on instagram and we have the we had the first the first uh, micro batch of uh, 20 orders and uh then we said, okay, we, we get to make these boards. So we bought our first um, machine, 3D printing machine that was a all-in kit. And uh, we made it like screw by screw <laughs> <laughs> and then kept improving on the, on the product. And when we thought uh, we could uh, deliver this board, we, we did it with the first, uh, first customers that believed in us. And that was crazy. And then uh, we went... Uh, all the way like this. Um, for your own legacy, did you guys think about documenting the beginnings of your company with images or videos so that in 25, 30 years, when you guys are literally skiing in the Alps, you can <laughs> look back on your history? 
Yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, that's a very good point because we are doing uh, uh, still a lot of research and development. And last week we, we said during the weekly meeting, okay, guys, uh, remember that we need to, pay, to take pictures of everything we do, even if it's uh, uh, confidential, maybe in uh, like three to five years, it's going to be really nice to publish on the social media or whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, you, you want to get video of the really heated argumentative meetings where you guys are like, ah, like that video <laughs> is going to be worth a lot of money in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this. You mentioned um, constantly kind of R&D research and development. As you're probably well aware, here in San Diego at UCSD, the University of California in San Diego, there was a professor who came up with this algae derivative um, polyester resin, or, or excuse me, polyurethane foam. I'm sure you've heard about this algae. Is this a, a, a material that you thought about using instead of the, the sugarcane plastic? Is there a possibility for an algae-based plastic? Where are you guys with all of that? Yeah, um, so I, I, uh, there, there was some, there, there were some guys in France also, um, trying to launch, uh, yeah, uh, 3D printed surfboards with, uh, like algae, uh, derivative, uh, 3D printing filament. But it, it's still like in, in R&D in the laboratories. So we cannot use this kind of material today. But yeah, we, keep pretty open on this kind of um, innovation uh, because yeah we we know today we found like the the perfect properties of the of the core of the surfboard so um, we know that if we can like have the same mechanical parameters with uh, algae for example we can definitely uh, move to algae uh, if we do like a carbon footprint, uh, like a life cycle assessment yeah. and we see it's better. So yeah. we, we can, we can move to it. Yeah. Maybe it's cheaper too. <laughs> Maybe as well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. What about the resins themselves? Um, Leo, you mentioned bioresins. Um, I'm, are you getting that from Kenora or is there a bioresin company there? Like what types of bioresins are you using? Uh, it's the one from a uh, company in France. Um, yeah, it's called Sikoma. Uh, it's like the 50%. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those guys are great. They do the show, actually. Um, many times yeah. they've come over and done the boardroom show, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty... Uh, yeah, they, they are a good uh, supplier for the, the surf going, industry. Yeah. And yeah, for um, as for algae, there are also um, like long research and development um project around here in the next to Osago, you know, I think it's a bit more like, like San Diego. It's a, there are a lot of uh, uh, pine trees and there's a, there are this kind of R&D project about the pine, pine trees uh, resin, but it's still, uh, yeah, it's still in laboratories and not usable today, but we, yeah, we keep an eye on it for, for the next years. And I imagine you guys are probably like rock stars in the 3D printing world. Does everybody there, all the people in the 3D industry, are they like, oh, look at these two young guys from South France building surfboards. It must be, are you guys heroes? <laughs> heroes. It's, it's more, uh, so the, the third um, uh, person uh, also working on us, 
who's also called Leo. He's the one uh, with all the knowledge in 3D printing. And yeah, we good. Uh, we we get uh, we got a great award from uh, BASF, which is uh, one of the like m- most famous uh, chemical companies that is investing a lot in 3D printing. And uh, yeah, they helped uh, us a lot with um, our development. And um, yeah, so we are working with uh, also with big companies because they are interested in how innovation uh, can uh, move forward in, uh, in this, with really small companies that are, have not all these means, but to just try new stuff and that can work. Yeah. And, and you mentioned also that there's some companies, there's some shapers here in the U.S. that have reached out to you. Um, are you finding that you're, that you're getting some traction already here? Um, or is it more like just kind of touchy-feely? Maybe explain how you feel about the United States market. If you're, if you're getting traction, if you have traction, what do you expect? Yeah, there's just, uh, I think uh, you can answer with just uh, one thing. I think we have a, a very good chance is uh, our uh, friend from uh, Bold Pond, you know, the Instagram account. Yeah. Bold yeah. Where Ron is uh, publishing a lot of uh, content uh, from us. And uh, so um, he's a big part of our US community. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he, he's great. You know what? I use him too. He's a, Ron's a great guy. <laughs> and uh, yes, yeah, so, yeah. So, but yeah, we get like a uh, demon uh, from surfers in the US like every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a wait list uh, for the US for our first batch. We are thinking of making like a, maybe a referral program or something for our relaunch because we won't be able to deliver every single person that asked uh, for a surfboard in the US. Um, for what, now, if, what about if I ask for a surfboard? <laughs> <laughs> Will you guys, can you guys bring me a board to the boardroom that I can buy from you? Oh, maybe that, that, that could be. That, that, <laughs> that's negotiable. Yeah, maybe. All right, but bring me a fish if you can. I don't want to put too much pressure on you, but if there's a nice fish, we might have to have a negotiation. But I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to upset the apple cart here. Yeah, we're gonna go with uh, with a bunch of balls and with like a fish for sure uh, in the ball bag. So we see. <laughs> but yeah, the, that's good. I think the the U.S. market is pretty nice because um, yeah, I think U.S. people are pretty open to innovation. And uh, that's how we feel it from people writing us. And so, yeah, we are looking forward to open this uh, market one day. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think you guys are going to get a lot of attention at the boardroom show because it's, it's new, you know, and, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, it's exciting, you know, and we'll see how it plays out. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys here now. One last question um, before I let you go is, is marketing, which what we sort of talked about with Ron and board porn. Like he's a great source of social media marketing. He, he's obviously you guys know all about him and everybody does. Um, what are like, is your plan when you come to the U S to open up accounts at four surf shops, or is it to meet shapers and have them come on board and maybe have a board designed by, you know, who, who, you know, Wayne Rich or Josh Hall or one of these guys, you know, like, you know, there's a million famous shapers here, Matt Biolas from Lost. Like, is, is that your plan or 
like maybe you don't, maybe you're just kind of coming into it with open eyes and whatever happens, happens. Yeah, it's a very good question. So we are like open to work with shapers for sure. Um, to work on like, some uh, partnerships, like small collabs for like soundboards or something. Um, but yeah, that's definitely something we are considering. Um, and for shops as well, we are open to work uh, with shops or direct to consumer. Um, so we are like setting up the US strategy for now. Um, but yeah, that's like, we are definitely open to that. And yeah, why not also uh, from like logistics partners for, for the beginning, you know, when uh, yeah. if we decide to go direct to consumer, we have to deliver the board to, to every single person. So we have to set up the, the logistics. And I think there are some people uh, doing some good jobs in, in the US. Right? Yeah. Yeah, good. Well, so distribution is one thing that you're yeah, thinking yeah. about. That's great. And um, I guess I had another question, but I forgot. But it was on the tip of my <laughs> it was on the tip of my tongue. Well, look, um, the boardroom show is coming up October eighth and 9th here in Del Mar, California. Uh, you guys are going to have a booth there. Um, we've got a full house. It's going to be an entire massive exposition hall filled with all the top surfboard manufacturers. I'm excited that you guys are going to be there. Have you had any, um, I imagine that there's some companies that are also like, Oh my God, like I, you know, like I didn't want to see this happening, but it's happening. Um, are there big, large, large, you know, like say the top four surfboard manufacturers in the world that have reached out and have been like, Hey, um, we want to buy you because we just want to bury you or we want to be involved with you. No, uh, to be honest, no, no, yet. I think we, we, have, we are definitely too small for this. And um, so, no, not yet. And They want yeah, to buy your maybe. patent. Your patent is not too small. I can tell by Larry's <laughs> smile that somebody's talked to him already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that let's see how, how maybe if this um, happens one day we will we'll see but um, yeah today we, we this uh, has not happened yet <laughs> yeah yeah well look like I said oh go ahead did you want to say something like no I think that we we can have uh, like very interesting discussions with um, big players because uh, we can definitely learn from uh, them from like what they they have done and um some of them are the, like big growth and and everything and uh, maybe they also can learn from from us in this kind of a new technology model so yeah definitely open to to just have a chat with uh, big uh, big companies and small shapers and everyone yeah yeah, yeah. Good. Well, uh, again, we look forward to seeing you. Um, it's been great chatting and learning about Hexa surfboards and, and it's wave. The company's wave W Y V E. Yeah. Yeah. Wave, yeah. Yeah. Wave, yeah. Wave. And, um, look, anyone listening to this can Google and YouTube, um, Hexa surfboards. I'm sure a bunch of cool stuff is going to come up and we can learn about it that way as well. But, um, Thanks so much, you guys, for being on the Boardroom Podcast. And again, we look forward to seeing you in about six weeks or so. Thanks, God. Yeah, it was a pleasure to be on the podcast and see you guys in California for some sessions and show you the boards. Thanks okay. a lot for the opportunity. And yeah, looking forward to, to catch up in, in, uh, in the U.S.